Welcome to another episode of the Acacia Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Fields. If you are new here, thank you so much for checking out this episode. And if you've been journeying with me from our very young beginning, thank you so much for rocking with me thus far. And I hope that you are being encouraged by the episodes that are being put out um, so far. So what I want to talk about today is the idea of dependence on God. And the reason that I think it's important is because remember, my whole desire is for us to learn, to flourish, and to experience the peace and the joy and the satisfaction that is available to us um, in a life in Christ. And I think that so often that can be just inaccessible. It can feel inaccessible. And so my desire with this podcast really is to do my little part in helping people to understand that it is more accessible than we may have thought. Um, God can be accessed. He wants to be accessed. He wants for us to experience him and to thrive and to flourish and to have impact and to live in our purpose and the identity that he's given us. And so um, as we talk about dependence on God, I just want you to take a deep breath and be reminded today that you do not have to do it all. You do not have to carry the weight of the stress and the decisions and um, just the daily things that we do to move through life. You don't have to bear that burden by yourself. And because this world is broken, because our hearts are broken by sin and the world is broken by sin, um, it is a burden. I mean, it can it can be a burden many times. Like, yes, we have great moments and we have sweet spots, but oftentimes um, moving through life can feel burdensome. And so I think God wants to offer us the ability to have peace and joy and satisfaction in the midst of um, all that we experience in life. So story time. Five and a half years ago, I became a mom to twins, a mom of twins. And I had a really great pregnancy, like the best pregnancy ever. And in fact, in my practice, I was the longest twin pregnancy in the history of their practice. So I delivered my twins two days before my due date. It was not urgent. I went to an appointment and my doctors were like, look, at this point, there's nothing to be gained by keeping them in. So let's go ahead and schedule um, an induction and get these babies out. And so I was like, cool, let's do it. So went in delivered my children. I had a vaginal delivery, a really great delivery that really felt, um, I'll say it was just magical because I was pregnant with twin girls. So all throughout my pregnancy, we were pregnant with twin girls. Everything was planned, pink and gold nursery. We are having twin girls. We have names picked that were for twin girls. And we found out we were having twin girls, my husband would jokingly, kind of jokingly pray. We would pray for our kids, you know, during the pregnancy. And he would jokingly pray like, 
God, please let um, one of these babies, like I'm, I'm excited about my twin girls. Like, yes, I'm going to be a, a girl dad. But would you please let one of these kids be a boy? So we would laugh about it. Like, I thought it was a joke. And in our delivery, I pushed, 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 pushed. Out comes a boy. Oh, my goodness. So my practice, I was pregnant with twins. We deliver in the OR um, just in case because oftentimes twin pregnancies end in C-section. And so there are lots of people. There's the pediatric team. There's the OBGYN. There's like all these people. The boy comes out, my son, and the whole OR just erupts in cheers and excitement and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. So for the next 12 minutes, I push and I'm just like, what if I'm having twin boys? This is so crazy. And so 12 minutes later, out comes my baby girl. And it was a great time. But after the pregnancy, I ended up getting postpartum preeclampsia and that's basically where your blood pressure kind of shoots up. So um, I was readmitted three times after having the twins. And that was a really scary time. Um, so I made it past that. And three months after having my twins, I found out that I was pregnant with my third child. Um and so that was a whole process, and I'm not going to even lie. When I first found out, I was so afraid. I was so, um, I was actually kind of sad because that was not my plan. And it really made me think of Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs 16 and 9, which says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I feel like I experienced that scripture because in my mind, I definitely wanted more kids. My husband wanted more kids, but we thought that we would space it out. Like, okay, we just had twins. I mean, twins, that wasn't on my radar, even though I have lots of twins in my family. So we have twins. We'll probably wait a couple of years and have another. And maybe, hey, maybe in a couple of more years, we'll have another. But here we are three months postpartum from twins, having a third child. So, and I also, you know, was readmitted after having her. Apparently, postpartum preeclampsia is just what happens to me after having babies. I have great pregnancies, but um, after the baby, I think my body experiences all of the stress um, that was there. Um, which I think is a grace because it could have been a situation where I experienced, you know, preeclampsia while the babies were in there. So I'm grateful that it happened after and that they were healthy. So, you know, I have these kids. And as many of you know, motherhood is just a very unique experience where you understand the limits of yourself. You understand that you are not in ultimate control, 
you understand that you need help beyond yourself and you understand that um, you need support, you need community. I think those are the things that you realize when you enter into motherhood. And so as I made this transition, I felt like it was hard. It was a really hard transition. And I'll never forget, maybe like a month after having my twins, I had a friend from church who called me. She was actually a triplet mom. So she had triplets. She very much understood what I was going through with twins. And she just called and she said, hey, Chris, um, I'm not going to hold you long, but I just want to know if I can read a psalm to you. And I was like, cool. And she read a psalm to me. And I remember the last thing she told me before we got off the phone was, I know you're tired and I know you're probably overwhelmed, but I want you to remember that God is sovereign, even in your lack of sleep. And that phone call was so very encouraging to me. It was just the wind beneath my wings for a long time. And I feel like God provided me with so much support from family to friends to meals to um, my husband being super helpful. Like I had all the support, but even in the midst of that, I just realized that I needed something that was beyond myself. And so what I needed was resilience and I needed a boatload of wisdom and I needed patience and I was trying to breastfeed, but because I had this postpartum preeclampsia issue, I was only able to produce about half of what I needed for my babies. And so I was dealing with some shame from that because I have a master's in public health and most of my close friends have come from that program, my master's program. And most of my friends did like health education and they were like the queens. They still are. Love them to death. They didn't do anything to shame me, but they are just very much advocates of breastfeeding. And so I knew it was great. I knew all the research. I wanted to do it, but I wasn't able to produce enough milk. And that was producing some shame and guilt and feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm not able to give my babies all that they need. So I needed God's grace to be able to deal with some of the things that I was experiencing from that. Um, And even beyond that, just managing the rest of my life. Like I'm an entire person beyond being a mom. I don't find my identity in being a mom. That's one aspect of who I am. But I was also a complete person with a relationship with God, with my own goals and dreams and fears and feelings. I was a wife and a daughter, a cousin, a friend, a neighbor, and I valued all of those identities and wanted to be able to focus on all of those things. And so what I really needed was to experience God in a new way. And I feel like he really met me where I was and gave me what I needed. Y'all know when you have new kids, especially two at one time, you know, you hear one, 
it's not uncommon to wonder, like, are these babies breathing? They're so still. Like, are they breathing? Like, I can't really sleep. Um, you hear them cry. You're wondering, like, is this a hungry cry? Did they wet themselves? Do they have an ear infection? Are they sick? All these different things, like, Lord knows, wisdom was needed. It was very much needed. And um, I'm just grateful that I had been practicing depending on God in a new way. So it really makes me think of John 15 and 5. And if you haven't read the book of John, I just think it's a great book to just understand. If you don't have a good understanding of the gospel or who God is or, you know, like where Jesus fits in the whole equation, I would commend to you the gospel of John. It's so good. But anyway, John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I clung to that scripture um, because I, I just, I saw that. Like, I appreciate now when you get to these, you know, you have these different experiences in life where you realize that you are not in control, that you need help beyond yourself to be able to continue or to, to make a decision. And I feel like John 15 and 5 just reminds you of that. And so I am a person who deeply desires to um, to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. I, I believe that God, I am made in the image of God. I believe that about every single person that has ever walked on this earth, like God made you whoever it is, whoever you are listening, God made you in his image. And his desire is for you to bear much fruit. And oftentimes that to many people can mean like, you know, the different accomplishments, like what can you produce? Um, what can you do? What kind of promotion can you get? But to God, um, that's not the sum of it. The sum of it is like, how do you display him? How do you display his love, his gentleness, his kindness, his self-control, his peace, like, and so on? How do you display the fruit of the spirit in your various circumstances? So those things come out, you bear fruit when you are able to display that even in circumstances that, you know, in times where the circumstances are not going your way or, you know, you're fearful or um, you're just in a hard situation, we need to be able to see God give us what we need um, to produce fruit in those situations. And God has told us that the way to experience that is by abiding in him. So, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I think that's so important because it's just our natural proclivity to 
feel like we can accomplish in our own strength. It's like hardwired in us. And we need God's spirit to remind us that we really do need him. Like we we only see a fraction of our lives. Like we see what's right in front of us, but God sees the whole picture from beginning to end. So he sees our lives from the inception to our final breath. But more importantly, he sees all of creation from Genesis to Revelation, from the creation of the world till he comes back and creates the new heaven and earth and we live with him. He sees all that from beginning to end. And so, you know, it makes sense that we would consult the person who has the vantage point to see all that we can't see and also the power to control the whole earth. It makes sense that we would consult him about the happenings of our lives. And there's no person or amount of money or or anything that can give us that. So when I think of my motherhood journey, I just, it's so, it's, it's difficult for me to put into words how I have experienced God's provision. Like every single area, every single place where I have been worried or concerned, um, if I invited him in, he made a way. He helped me. He gave me wisdom. I can think of many times on my sleep training journey where I didn't know what to do. And I stood outside the door of my kid's room and I just prayed like, God, give me wisdom. God, give me strength. God, I'm so very tired. Um, I'm feeling anxious. I need your help. Where well, he provided and he gave me exactly what I needed. And so the scripture that comes to mind as it relates to in my weakness experiencing God's goodness is Psalm 73, 24. And it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that even when I experience weakness, which I do a lot because I am, I'm weak. And now I'm at the point where I am, I will scream it. I'm totally good with saying, you know what? I'm weak. I don't know what to do. And the only reason I can say that confidently is because time and time again, I have experienced God showing up, God providing wisdom, God providing resources, God making a way out of no way and showing up in circumstances where I may not have known it then, but later I'm like, wow, God, I see what you were doing there. Like that makes a lot of sense. Um, And it just makes me more joyful, more confident in his ability to, um, to come through, more confident in his trustworthiness. And it, I understand now how when we practice trusting God in the little things, in the big things, just take one step. When we practice trusting God, he builds our confidence in him. And it makes sense how 
Yes, it's for our good that he does these things, but it's also for his glory that he does these things. So I'm just grateful to have a relationship with, you know, a, a guy like the one that we have who loves to show up and loves to encourage us with his trustworthiness. It's almost as if he's like, look, just try it. Just try me. Test me. Test me and see, won't I do what I said I'll do? So I promise, if you just give him a try, he'll show up. Um, you may be in a place where you are discouraged, where you know, you're not experiencing the joy of your relationship with God, or you are in the middle of a trial where you don't have the testimony yet, and you've prayed for it, you've asked for it, you don't feel like God has shown up. I just want to encourage you to go again. God is eager to show up in the midst of your circumstances. Um, he created you in his image. And just because of that, you are deeply, deeply loved. And he wants to give you peace um, that's more powerful than anything else that you've experienced. So, um, yeah, that's my encouragement for today. And as a reflection, I just want you to think about what circumstance can you invite God into today? So when you think about your life, where can you invite God in? What are you dealing with? So this is what I want you to do. When you think about that hard place that may feel overwhelming, that may feel like, oh, I already tried, nothing's happening, or it's getting worse, I want you to go back. I want you to go back and ask God, invite God into that space. And you may just say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. And when I think about this situation, I feel, and name the feeling. Do you feel fearful? Do you feel insignificant? Do you feel shame? Do you feel unworthiness? What do you feel? Name that feeling. And you may have to, you know, you may have to journal a little bit or um, go through a thought process to drill down to the core of what it is that you're feeling as it relates to this circumstance that is hard in your life. So once you identify that feeling, invite God into it. God, this is how I feel. I'm just inviting you into this space. So it may be a space that's been closed off, that has felt isolating for a long time. Invite God into that space. It may be scary, but as you invite God into that space, remember that you are deeply loved. God sees and he knows all of it and he deeply loves you anyway. So open it up to him, invite him into that space. And if you can identify if there is anything, which I feel like there always is, what's turning up the noise on your feeling. So it may be that you're experiencing 
a circumstance that leaves you feeling insignificant and there's some trigger that you're experiencing that's turning up the noise and it's making you feel it even more, try to identify what that is and give that to God. Give that to God. Figure out what you can do in the meantime to kind of relax, take a break from thinking about it, stressing about it. Do something that is appropriately um, relaxing. So it may be taking a walk. It may be um, doing some painting. It may be playing an instrument or doing something physical, whatever it is. Like find something that you can do to take your brain off of it while you invite God into it. And then I want you to go to the Word and you can go you can go to Google, like you can go to Google and put scriptures about um, how God values me. If, if you're feeling insignificant, you can Google scriptures about God's value of me, scriptures about how God created me in his image, and just read those scriptures, maybe memorize them, and as you do, pray, ask God, hey God, I'm reading this, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make this come alive in my heart Um, because I'm struggling. Like, be honest with him. And if you do this, I'm not going to say that your situation is going to get better all of a sudden, but I promise I am a thousand percent confident that God will be at work. Like, God will show up because he's promised, like, There's some things we pray for and we ask God, God, please change this circumstance or fix this situation. And God never promised that he would, you know, fix, you know, heal us of our health issues or um, fix a broken relationship. He didn't promise that he'd do all those things. But the things that are happening in our hearts, he has promised 100 percent of the time, like he will heal us of the heart issues He will help us to have what we need to experience the fullness of Christ. He will help us to do that. So we can have joy. We can have peace. We can have kindness. We can have love. Like those are guaranteed. So invite God into that space. Do a little bit of reflection. I like to journal. So I'm always a proponent of journaling. Like I'm always going to push that. Um, And I'm just praying that. God would meet you right where you are, that you will not feel any pressure or need to perform, and that you would experience his perfect peace. Um, That's my prayer for you today. And thank you for listening, and I look forward to um, talking to you on the next episode.